0: the The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke Mary said my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants, forever. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Those of you who have heard me preach before know that I tend to want to preach deep in the faith to raise the spirit and to give people things that they can meditate on and come closer in their own time and with the gift of God to to the Lord. But Mary has been a problem for Protestants since the Reformation. And since I have the academic chops, I thought that this time it was gonna be some information. Who was Mary? Why is she important to us? Why was she so universally loved and worshiped? She was the mother of the law. She, Lord. She agreed to take on the burden with its mix of joy, sorrow, and some fear and a lot of confusion. She certainly didn't expect to be worshiped, But she has received veneration that is so intense that it might as well be worship. This goes back to the early church, but not quite to the beginning. Um, What you heard in one of the lessons is about all Paul has to say about Mary. God sent his son born of a woman. Paul was not a misogynist. He focused on Jesus as he should. And that becomes the linchpin of why Mary and why she sort of disappeared after the Reformation and hopefully she's coming back. Mark is only referred to, and she's only referred to as Jesus' mother. Matthew refers to her fulfilling the prophet from Isaiah we have heard a good prophet from Isaiah, but the focus is on Joseph. It was Luke that gives us the whole narrative. And the focus is on, you know the narrative, we see it every year when the kids come up and do the the pageant. This is the narrative. The the nativity and fleeing into, into Egypt Gabriel's annunciation to the teenage girl waiting for her marriage was just the beginning. Her escape to stay with Elizabeth, who was carrying John, was just the beginning. She was so much more. We know that she watched her son die a terrible death. That's why we call her Mary, Our Lady of Sorrows. The Gospel of John gives us some testimony, the most relevant is the wedding at Cana, you remember that. Both Mary and his disciples were guests, it's funny the way they write it. Mary was invited. Oh, and Jesus and his fellows were invited. That seems to have been two invitations in the mail. Um, Both Mary and, uh, running out of wine, which would bring shame on the new couple for lack of hospitality, Mary steps up and she maneuvers she pushes him it's doing something and she's quite sure he's going to do something and he does and you know about how he orders the servants to fill up these huge uh, stone vessels with water that's basically used for purification in the Jewish rites so it's like bathtub size and he makes him wine and then the steward takes him out and says the bar says this is amazing uh, usually you bring out the bad wine first and the good wine first and save the bad wine from their own drug but this is the best stuff i've ever tasted the steward knew where it came from That was his first public miracle, at least in in that area that we know of. And mothers do tend to be obeyed. Both she and and the disciples believed, but it's a hard thing to come to the fullness of belief all at once, and we know that, because we live it. In John, it's Mary and her sister Mary and Mary Magdalene, all three Marys, the three Marys, stood by the cross. Mary, Lady of Sorrows. And we can assume, although it's pretty ambiguous in all these Synoptic Gospels, just who exactly the Mary was that came with other women to anoint his body in the tomb. One early belief is that Mary the Virgin was pure and sinless. sinless. It grew from a loving desire to know more about her, and her parents were named. And we call them uh, by names that we don't know are real or not, they may be remembered. But then it goes on to tell a legend of how Mary, as an infant, was taken to the temple to be raised there basically like a nun. From that point, Mary began to accrue legends of her own. The slow death of the Roman Empire, with its plagues and invading hordes, boy does that sound like today, had created a culture of fear and a conviction of sin and punishment, boy does that sound like today. Jesus and his father became more and more unattainable. His father was the king of all. He was the son and heir. They sat on thrones with crowns and ordered everybody around. People were frightened of them. As a result, they considered themselves the massa damnata, the damned people expecting hell, or at best, a purgatory that was invented to give comfort to that group future. We the people needed an advocate and Mary the mother was sought for that solace and aid. My doctoral dissertation, aha, this is why I'm writing this, right? My doctoral dissertation was on the collection of legends which developed by the 10th century or possibly earlier and remained in currency almost unchanged until the Reformation, at least 600 years. They were fairy tales. Literally, they were fairy tales. Mary was both the princess to be won and the magical helper who aids the ordinary young man in his quest. Here's a couple of examples. Evo the thief. He prayed to Mary at a roadside shrine before he went to work. Thieving. He got caught and hanged mary held him up for three days the miracle of his survival saved his life and he was cut down in a lot of those tales he just goes on thieving and a couple of them they had to add to it and he saw the error of his ways and he became a monk but the issue was mary saved him So beatrice the sacristan is one of the great ones everybody who knows this literature knows beatrice the sacristan in, in the in her convent. She was seduced by a young, looking cleric. This happens, they ran away. He sort of abandoned her, and she remained in the last tavern. The tavern they were at, probably as a prostitute. I mean, it certainly wasn't an easy life. When she, like the prodigal son, suddenly realized that she'd had enough of this, she repented and decided that she was going to go back to her convent and receive one of her punishment, but She couldn't live like this anymore. So she gets to the convent, and she runs into one of the men, lay people, that they hired to do some of the heavy gardening. And he says, hey, Beatrice, I didn't know that you stepped out. Good to see you back. Did you go shopping or something? And she goes in, and everybody treats her like she's never been away. She runs into the chapel and kneels before the statue of Mary, and Mary appears. She comes right out out of the... The statue stands there and says, I took your place. They don't know you were God. She took her place doing all the sacrifice work, going to chapter with the other nuns. And Beatrice says, I have to go and, and make my confession. She says, No, you are forgiven. God has forgiven you. Don't tell the priest, it will confuse him. This was Mary. These tales were collected in books of homilies, uh, sermons, called mariales for the edification of the local peasants, delivered by parish priests hardly more educated than their congregation. That's why they had to be given sermons. They were not trusted to write and proclaim sermons. It got a little strange. These people did not know a loving God, but they knew and loved Mary. And I'm grateful that Mary could bring grace and protection, a merciful advocate to the poor and marginalized, and to the rich who were troubled and hungry for grace as well. Church abuses and the emergence of vernacular scriptures, increasingly available through printing, drove a sea change. The words and teaching of Jesus were yet available to the common folk mary in the protestant world and even in the catholic world lost primacy it was again about jesus and the holy spirit as advocate and god the father who is the one to be feared in awe and loved because of his love for us But the sorrowful life of she who accepted God's grace in in bearing his son, despite the shame and tragedy, still stirred up love for her as she still does. And we can identify her in our need. Mary's position as advocate for the church spread around the world chapter of the Quran is dedicated to Mary who was revered for her faith and devotion and although it didn't lead to Christian conversion it's a place where our two people can come together and talk to each other and I have with my neighbor who tells me the stories that they have and I tell him the stories that we have but it didn't just stop there For example, this is probably the most famous example of an apparition of Mary, Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared to an indigenous Nahuatl, I think I said that right, farmer named Juan Diego, who persisted for her that a cathedral be built where she wants it. He had to go to the bishop and he wanted a miracle and Mary gave him roses and a whole bunches of things happened. And the cathedral was to be built because of the word of some native peasant. That's a biggie. Not because it came down from the bishops. Once again, she's being called to serve our purposes. Mary nearly became co savior a couple of popes ago when there was a move to name her co redeemer, the redemptrix. Cooler heads prevailed, as they should. But she's being used again, raised up as an example of liberation theology, stomping the patriarchy, as if the words of the Magnificat, and we heard that, are about her. They're not about her. They're about God as the giver of grace and the author of justice. As beautiful as many of these legends are, I wonder if we didn't do Mary a disservice. Her part was so much simpler and much more profound, piercing our hearts with the reality of her life as the reality of our Lord's life pierced hers. Let's go back to scriptures and why her love for us and our love for her is important today. If she was so pure, how do we relate to her? In those years in Nazareth, she must have lived as a normal married woman. She certainly cooked and cleaned and went to market when the baby was small. She washed the diapers, all the things that we know people have to do. Then there was that incident where Mary and her other sons and daughters We're not going to get into the weeds there. Uh, came to take Jesus home before he got arrested while he was preaching. And somebody ran in and said, your mother and family are here, and they want you to go home. And he says, who is my mother who are my brothers? you remember that? Now, it may be possible that he was preaching to extend the family so that we are related. We are all related even though we're not blood relatives, all of us. But what she heard when somebody came out and said, he said, who's my mother? She must have been hurt to the quick. Because it's hard to wrap your head around the, the gospel as preached like by Jesus right there in front of you. And as a good mother, she was there in his crucifixion and went to prepare her son's precious body for burial. Perhaps it is this normalcy in one chosen by God to bear, carry, and give birth, to bring God himself into the world that moves us. Her yes pushed through the fear of being taken for a sinful girl in her small gossipy town. But love and all prevailed, and it was her choice, her answer to this vocation, and it was a vocation. With every Hail Mary full of grace, can we both ask for her prayers as our companion, as our patron, as we renew our yes? August 15th in the Orthodox Church is the Dormition of Mary, one of the oldest extra canonical celebrations of Mary. She falls asleep. They go to her tomb, it's empty, and she r- rises to heaven and it recapitulates Jesus' death and resurrection. In the Western Church, Mary's Assumption into Heaven is celebrated in Rome, and among many of us uh, Episcopalians and the wider Anglican community. Was she the first Christian? Perhaps she, along with the disciples, had to grow into the way of the cross, as we all do. Perhaps it was not until her death and being reunited with her son in his glory and receiving her crown from his hands did she fully embrace what her life had meant. Perhaps that is when she received a new vocation to plead for us ordinary sinners for the love and mercy of her son and the glories of the kingdom of God. And so we echo the words of Elizabeth, and if you know them, please say them with me. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
0: at OurSaviorMillValley.org, we wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.